the honeymoon was a killer because this is slashes. <laughs> that was really good. That's my Mike Myers doing beat poetry in a bad movie from 1993. I humbly <laughs> submit to you. So I married an ex murderer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like all that's all we need. Just that right there. Yeah, that's the movie. <laughs> you know how you didn't laugh at that part? That's the movie. My frustration with this movie is the fact that funny things happen. Funny things are said. Things that are objectively funny, but I didn't laugh once. I feel like what they really excel at in this movie are the cameos. Yeah. And that's not really what should sell a movie, right? Not at all. I don't know. Stephen uh, Wright, and you got Phil Hartman, you have some... Alan Arkin is the best part of this movie. I feel like, for me, one of the funnier parts of the movie was where Mike Myers basically writes himself into the film as another character that's not supposed to be him. Yep. Right? Exactly. And that kind of sums it up. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know what Brian's talking about, we're jumping right into it because we're going to banter <laughs> the fuck out of this episode because yeah, there's this is, no this is substance. banter episode. So. No meat on the bone. And that's coming from a vegan. I desperately wish there was more meat on this bone. But the movie was originally written by Robbie Fox. Was that his name? Robbie Fox. Yeah. That's right. And then Mike Myers comes in with Neil Mular- Malarkey. Malar- Malarkey. It sounds hmm. like it's a that's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. It's so weird that they end up making the character Scottish. Did I feel like they almost ended up writing Fox out or not trying trying to get so he didn't get credit for the film. Yeah. They were going to go to arbitration about it, and he was like, fuck y'all, this is my movie, and then they had changed it so much, and he was pretty bitter about it, but yeah, that's Hollywood for you, especially when you have one, you know, guy who's writing the, like, crest of his popularity at the time. Nobody knew that he would do Austin Powers. What I think is crazy is, what, he was popular in SNL, and he did Wayne's World. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like anybody should have that much power going off of just basically being somewhat popular in SNL and one movie. Dane based Cook off of should SNL. never have been popular. What was that? Dane Cook should never have been popular. No, absolutely not. But he, but remember, he also steals jokes. Well, he was all like, look so. at the 90s, like or like the actually early 2000s. He had that kind of crest of popularity that just fell flat because of something <sighs> like that. But I he, I don't, I never, he was on that trajectory. I never understood the popularity in him. I hated when he did the alien thing. And I was like, bro, it's 2004, five. What the fuck are you doing a bit about a movie that came out before I was born? I don't know. I, I feel like he, this is going way off topic. He looked like the stereotypical douche in high school. Oh, yeah. Right? Everybody who's like. He should have been named Chad, huh, Chad? Yeah. <laughs> He's basically the guy that shows up at a party with a fucking. Frosted tips. Frosted tips, the guitar. Oh, no, right? that guy. And just like starts strumming some tunes and just gets all the girls. And you're like, I fucking hate you so much, dude. Not only just the guitar, but he also is the asshole who plays Jars of Clay. Oh, yeah. And you're like, are you trying to bring Jesus into this house party? Right. And then he's, he's got like so many puka shells. <laughs> or the steel ball necklace that makes his neck Oh, my ring. God. Yeah. Secretly. Slim Shady. Secretly had like a barbed wire tattoo. Oh no. <laughs> Pamela Anderson's sending him threatening letters. You stole my jams. So, anyway, as you can tell, we had a lot of opinions about this movie. None of them are very good. We're just no. gonna have fun. You don't need to have seen this movie. Just listen to us talk shit about it. Chad will put in some clips. You'll get the good stuff. 
It's fine. It's a safe place. No, I mean, I. It's fun, right? Because we've been talking for the past couple weeks about me and the eventual wedding. And so we're like, yeah, this is fun. Let's do So I Married an Axe Murderer. And it's kind of like, ah, you know, Michelle, you're kind of crazy like that. <laughs> and she didn't think it was funny. But <laughs> also, this is my ice cream man because I was the one you had recommended the burbs. And I was like, or So I Married an Axe Murderer. And I'm wrong. For the first time in my life, I am wrong. But yeah. keep going, sorry. But you know, I knew going into Ice Cream Man that it was a shit show. It was a fucking dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like, they, they, as in the creators of the film, also knew it was a dumpster fire. Exactly. So that's the difference between this, right? What's well, the difference between a dark comedy and a horror comedy, I guess. Where it's like, this is a comedy that deals with some dark themes, whereas that movie's like, is it a horror movie? That's eh, absurd. So let's just call it a horror comedy. All right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But like, I I saw this movie when I was still young that when I saw The Nutty Professor, I was like, oh, so it's like Charlie and his dad from So I Married an Axe Murder where he's playing the same person twice or whatever. Right. Right. And so I thought in thinking back, I hadn't seen it since then. So I was like, maybe some of the jokes went over my head, something like that, because I couldn't quote any of it. I didn't remember anything specifically. And no, <laughs> there's just there's no movie here. There, no. This is. This is a Saturday Night Live sketch in two yeah, hours. Yeah, it's like it's it's ninety minutes of SNL. Yeah, but not like not like superstar, not like ladies man, where it's you know they work things in organically. There are clearly like whole subplots of this movie that are just bits that should have been a short film or like a short bit. Oh, absolutely, like Alan absolutely. Arkin. Like I said, the best part of the movie is when the guy's talking to the police chief and he's like, "Hey, chief, you need to be mean." Yeah, but that that is a that is that's. That is a high-level Mad TV mid-tier SNL from the 90s. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Again, I feel like what I really liked about this film, which isn't saying a lot, are the cameos. That's that's really it. I mean, you get the uh, the fucking Beethoven dude, yep. uh, Uncle Martin. Yep. <laughs> right, where he's just like so incessant on not like giving up his his car. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Yeah. More like Choden. Right. So you have him. You have the guy that plays the security guard at the. Bill Hartman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bill Hartman. (laughs) Who is also SNL, right? Yep. So did they borrow a lot of people from SNL in this film? I feel like it. Yeah. I didn't really keep track, but. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think there's anybody else really from it. No. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Mike Myers is like, it's me and only me. Well, I guess just with Mike Myers, you get two people from SNL because he plays both Charlie and his dad. So whatever. Agreed. Brian, would you like to get in some trivia for this movie? Because there's not much and I don't really care. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Actually, I did. I read up on one in particular, if I remember. I think the the fancy hotel that they stay at at the very end mm-hmm. um, apparently is the same house used in Phantasm. And burnt offerings, and a view to kill, and true crime. Wow. It's called the Dunsmuir Estate. <laughs> How is that said again? Dunsmuir Estate. Oh, okay, very good. See, we're gonna be lively. We're gonna have fun. We're not just gonna be dour. We didn't like the movie, but we like hanging out with each other. And hence, agreed. High energy. What's well, a lot high high energy? Chad, remind us high energy when we're sitting there going like, God damn it, Michael. My, you know, pep no, it up. No, no, he's not saying Michael Myers. He's saying Mike Myers. There's there's a difference. Well, to me, I'm oh. a Jason Voorhees oh. fan. <laughs> okay, motherfucker. <laughs> First off, you're wrong. Secondly, I'm right. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody politely was just like, no, when I made a meme about uh, Jason Voorhees being better. And I, it was next to a fire starter and there was a forest fire. Just like, you're you're not correct. I'm like, what do you? And then I wanted to like retort, but I was like, he was so polite about it. What the fuck do I say? <laughs> Whatever. So while shooting the scenes in the butcher shop, Nancy Travis was distracted by Mike Myers' antics and accidentally cut the tip of her middle finger off on her left hand. And she started yelling, cut, cut, cut. And they thought she was talking literally. And she, blah, blah, something, a local doctor sewed it on. This scene did not happen. This is not, this is a story after the fact. Like, cut. Cut. Yeah, who the fuck says it? You say, "Ow, my fucking finger just got cut off." I was gonna say, off. I don't even recall in the film her cutting vegetables because I feel like they it says multiple times like she's cutting vegetables and she cuts her the tip of her finger off. I don't. I I recall her only like really going at it on some meat. Yep. People are point out this really happened because she wore a band aid. Yeah, she had a band aid in one scene and then apparently it was gone on the other scene. Yeah, whatever. So, like, whatever. Sucking nuts. Apparently, the funny part about this that I found to further, but I have no proof that it happened. Nancy Travis says, I interviewed a butcher to really get into character. Real method actress here. Oh, wow. He says, The first thing you need to do, look at the meat so you don't cut yourself. Ba da ba ba da ba. The film you got my next trivia was the Dunsmuir estate. Sharon Stone was going to play the lead, but backed out when she was not allowed to play multiple characters like Michael, Mike Myers was. I feel like, yeah, it's it's the Mike Myers show. Since when does she do comedy? This is basic instinct. That's true. This is the chick. You know how many times I've seen the movie The Muse with Albert Brooks and her? A bunch. You know why? You see her butt. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about Moving her. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Myers got the role of Stuart, his dad, by doing a table read where they hadn't cast the role yet, so he started hamming it up. I don't feel like that's a true story either. No. Because no. the original story is clearly defined that he was a Jewish guy, yep. and then they changed it. So you mean to tell me that he did a Scottish accent for an old Jewish man at a table read, and that's how the character... Come on. No, it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense at all. And, Unless they uh, were doing a workshop, but a workshop and a table read are not the same thing. Right. And, you know, speaking of different casts, apparently uh, Woody Allen was also looking as uh, maybe potentially being the lead. Which would have ruled ass. Yeah, absolutely. He's it, it not went. a good person, but he's a great character actor. In my I opinion. mean, it would have went with the original uh, story, right? That was It makes a lot written, of sense. So. Well, even Robbie Fox, the guy who wrote it, he even said that when he was writing it, he wanted it to be Annie Hall. But with murder. Yeah. yeah. You could see a lot of that, like the charm and everything. And if Nancy Travis, was that the name, had mm-hmm. any fucking charisma, it could have been. But she is boring. Oh, absolutely. But I guess I could see why she'd be somewhat stoic because you don't want her to come across as manic and kind of crazy and overtly because you want some mystery. But I feel no. like so much of her character was written in from Mike Myers. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like he tweaked it a little bit, especially one of the times when he's walking past the meat market and she's in her weird little Dutch outfit. What is that? Right. And she never wears like, it again. You're like, um, I don't I don't understand why she's wearing that or where they're going to include that in the story. But it never gets brought up. She had a little little Dutch girl outfit action here. Dumb hat. <laughs> she wasn't wearing clogs, was she? Yeah. I mean, just talking about that, I got kind of like a, a quarter chub. But then, you know. Are you going it to doesn't work out. on your honeymoon? Are you going up to that fucking what's the place with the clogs? Solving. Salt. Yeah. Is that, you know, this guy knows. 
Yeah. No, the only reason I, the only reason I know that is because one of our company trips was to solving. Where you and swung some dick. Fucking weird. But uh, you see some lady who's like the teacher from Varsity Blues swinging her fake tits while wearing clogs. Everything was paid for, so we went. A tan, and- a fucking tan. <laughs> I am not gonna talk about this movie. You can't make me. I'm gonna talk about anything else. Apparently, we're talking about Varsity Blues now. Yeah, that. <laughs> I could probably ad-lib a better episode about Varsity Blues than this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Shall we get into the statistics for the week? Yeah, yeah. Remind everybody about how fucking awful this was in the box office. So here's a, a thing that a lot, a lot of people don't realize. When you talk about the budget of a film, that generally does not include any of the marketing. A lot of times people will say that for a fair estimate of a movie's success, you want to double the budget of the movie for marketing, which has become more and more true as we advance in time. You know, in the 21st century, marketing is much harder, as evidenced by this show. I give you a free product, I can make it easy to find, and you're like, no, I can't be bothered. Obviously not you, because you're watching this, but you from six months ago, well, we weren't doing the show then. Anyway, there are other people who... The point is, but it costs a lot to get someone's attention. Don't let Jake's angst turn you away, though. We do appreciate all of you guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like the like the fact that people will reach out to us on Instagram and be like, should I watch this movie? Oh, it's awesome. I'm always like, you want my opinion? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Like my opinion matters enough to you that you will decide the next two hours of your life based on a meh. That's always something that's uh, very reassuring for me, especially coming from like a construction field where I'm out working with my hands and my back and not my brains because I'm a dummy and they in school kids. <laughs> but hearing fans interact with us and, you know, recommend movies that we should do or um, just the, the, the posts on their storyline tagging us saying how great it is to hear us which is crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I still think it's crazy. The fact um, that people wait, like it blows my butt fucking mind. So the cool thing, the website that we use to host our episodes, we can schedule the episodes in advance. And so when we do that, Jake gets to sleep in an extra 10 minutes and <laughs> it becomes kind of a game where I wake up and I look today before I even got out of bed, we had seven people had already watched the show or like, excuse me, had downloaded the show. And I was like, what? That's yeah, the coolest yeah, shit. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, just seven people, just seven people alone make this worth it. But then you, when you take the cumulative over 3,000, that's <laughs> not a big deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> I'm gonna, don't mind me. I'm going to jerk myself off back here. What's that sound <laughs> from underneath the table? Uh, sorry, I just gave myself carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, but yeah, so going back to the budget, generally speaking, you want to double the cost. Us, we haven't spent anything on the budget, so my complaining is only at my own expense. <laughs> Don't even fucking worry about it. So if this movie costs $20 million to make, we can estimate casually, we're talking at least $30 million when you talk at about the 30, marketing cost. Probably. And it made $11.5 billion. This Not is right good. after Mike Myers does Wayne's World. Think about that. The subject matter isn't that dark. It's not that light. I think that's the problem is it's too much of a tweener. And I think that his rewrites had a lot to do with that. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like, I don't know, it, it definitely takes any kind of the sharpness away from the film, and it's just kind of blanketed with nothing but Mike Myers' SNL shit. Yeah. Imagine, if you will, Peter Jackson directing this movie. Old Peter Jackson, though. Bad taste, uh, uh, dead alive, that right. version. How crazy this movie could have been. 
where like in the background you just have like torrents of blood and everything. Uh, and this was a PG PG thirteen. I think so. I think it was PG thirteen. I think he might have said the F word once. But he probably said it with a dumb voice. Yeah, yeah. So it's not even the same. But uh, yeah, it would it would have been a lot edgier. So. Yeah. So the movie comes out July thirtieth, nineteen ninety three. At opening weekend, three point four million. Not a good indication. Mm-mm. Its competition for the day of was Tom and Jerry the movie, <laughs> but. This is something that gives you some of the credit for this movie and like could indicate why it failed. So 728, just a couple days before, Robin Hood Men in Tights comes out. Great fucking movie. Comedy legend. <laughs> That's going to be hard to compete with. So you got my sympathy. Oh, what came out the week before that? Coneheads. Great fucking also, movie. Also, <laughs> comedy gold. What comes out the week before that? Hocus Pocus and Free Willy. Great fucking movie. So if you're going to watch your spooky comedy, you're going to watch Hocus Pocus. That's just the way it's got to be. What comes out the week after? The Meteor Man, which is one of my movies that I grew up just loving. James Earl Jones, nothing? Okay. I was going to say, nope, never seen it. The Fugitive. So if you're already an adult going on a date, you're probably going to watch The Fugitive instead of this, right? going to watch The Fugitive. It's a great movie. I mean, imagine getting a hand job during this film. Not going to work. Imagine getting a hand job while watching Harrison Ford, where he's like running and I'm, I'm cranky. Ah, perfect. That's my that's my Harrison Ford. Handy J, huh? Have you heard uh, Mark Hamill's impersonation of Harrison Ford? No, it's actually good. really good. <laughs> but you can imagine that having been around him and ruminated I feel like on Mark Star Wars, Mark Hamill has just got so many different at, like facets of his like career that are just like you have no idea. Like for a long time, I was like, what? He doesn't do like characters voices and and cartoons and stuff no he's just like the greatest joker ever and a bunch of other characters that's one of the things that drives me crazy is it's so smart and savvy for him to be like oh you mean my face is completely recognizable with one character okay then i'm just not gonna show you my face and i'm gonna do a bunch of other shit yeah that's really cool so take that and do with it what you will (laughs) well because i think about it has harrison ford effectively played somebody who was like nerdy I can't think of a time. He uh, he has to play something of a badass. Otherwise, well, you're just mean, like, whatever, Han Solo like, wouldn't do. <laughs> Chad's like, pulling out his phone I like, I like, take that challenge. You know what? Indiana Jones, he was kind of like a scholarly, nerdy dude. He was supposed to be, but then he's all like, hey, chick, lick my tongue. And then he kills people <laughs> and stuff. Like, if he's a true intellectual, I'm sure he would have tried to have some conversation with the gentleman who was just like, pacow. Well, but he was also dealing with Nazis, and I don't feel like you have any kind of conversation with him at all. But that guy was not the Nazis. <laughs> anyway, the runtime of this film, 93 minutes. Thank if, God. If Thank you God. ask me, 92 minutes too long. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Directed by Thomas Schlemmy, which sounds like a like a, the Razzies for pro wrestling. <laughs> uh, he did the pilot of Spin City. If you remember that show. Nope. I very, very vaguely do. He also, (laughs) he told the Television Academy Foundation that working on this film was, quote, the most difficult experience I had professionally. That's not a compliment. No, that's not. (laughs) Because it's not like, oh, I climbed Mount Everest with a camera on my back. It's not that kind of difficult. It's Mike Myers, shut the fuck up for five (laughs) minutes. Agreed. I say as I'm like getting into Mike Myers levels of like volume and intensity, I'm sorry, I'm working on it. 
written by Robbie Fox. Then Mike Myers and Neil Malarkey did a circle jerk on top of the script. We're like, <laughs> you're so funny. No, I'm so funny. You, you, you. They just mutated into something completely different. Some abomination that Fox has no recollection of even contributing to. No, not at all. Uh, music by Bruce Broughton. I'm sorry, I couldn't tell you did any music because all I could hear is, there she oh goes. Oh my God. Oh my God. This, as I was watching this, I text Jake and I was like, this is literally 90s in one movie. Like all of the 90s songs you can think of. Well, it's basically like three songs that they play over and over again. But yeah. Quintessential well, 90s. Apparently Mike Myers, one of the late night talk show guys, uh, knew that Mike Myers loved this song because he's the reason that it's in the intro, in the movie, and then at the end. He was, every time he would come out on the late night show, they would always play it. I'm trying to remember who it was. One of the more famous ones. But anyway, you get my point. It became synonymous, and I think it was kind of an in-joke of like, this song? The song that Sixpence None the Richer would come and improve on at a certain right, point? Right, but it's so it's like some inside joke that none of the audience will get. And they'll all just be really annoyed at hearing this song over and over again. So where does that really cross the line into people being like, ah, I get it. That's really funny. No, it just. Well, the problem is that we're the butt of the joke. And that's what it really comes down to is that if there if it was intended to be funny that they use the song so many times, they don't give you a cue that we're supposed to be in on it. Right. It's like Robert Smith, the guy from The Cure. He hates the song Love Cats because he's like, it was a joke and you people fell for it. What about that says it's satirical? It is a goofy love song. Yeah. How is it in any way different than Friday I'm in Love? In any way. But you're going to be an asshole about it. That's kind of the way I took this. I'm going to rant a lot, Brian. No, that's fine. Banter away. Boom. <laughs> I am the badass bitch boss of banter. Boing. That didn't work as well as my T1 last <laughs> two weeks ago. Anyway, shall we get into dick names? <laughs> Brick names, <laughs> snick names. How yeah, about man. we come up with a new name for this segment right now instead of talking about this movie? Let's go through the alphabet. Bick names sounds like a pen. I was Kick gonna... names sounds like karate. I was going to say clit names. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mike Myers as Charlie slash Stuart McKenzie. Um, Wayne. Fine. That's really the only thing that's relevant for the time of the movie. Right. Because, I mean, you can obviously see it, say Austin Powers, but that doesn't come out too much later. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know if that's really following some sort of guidelines. Right. We're going to come up with some nicknames for somebody and it could be super good. But it's like, oh, shit, that came out like last year. But this movie came out 20 years ago. Does it really I don't matter? think there's any, anything wrong about it. I think it's important, like you're saying, to talk about it contextually, because yeah. you, you're also saying Wayne's World. Pretty good. This movie. Right, right. Agreed. So we move on. Nancy Travis as Harriet Michaels. I thought she was the chick from Milk Money, and then I realized she didn't have a personality, and she was someone different. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah, I don't know if I can go oh, off of that. No, no, no. That wasn't. That was. <laughs> that was me talking about her. That's not my submission. It's like, let me try and include this into a sentence. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't want to do not Milk Money because that's too long in and of itself. Um. I want to just call her the butch bitch, but that it doesn't work. <laughs> How about no? Because she's I, I don't want to be mean to her. She's just bad. Um, the meat lady. Meat lady. Perfect. <laughs> her nickname is as bad as her acting. Oh man. Anthony Lapeglia as Tony Giardino. 
who was in Annabelle Creation, which I didn't see, but it's the only thing horror-related I found of interest. Oh, also, wasn't your girl Nancy in something horror-related, too? Who cares? Anyway, Anthony LaPaglia. Um, I got one. Go for it. The Pimp. He starts off dressed like a pimp for no reason. He's the pimp. Okay, the pimp. I like it. Amanda Plummer as Rose Michaels. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Can we go back to the guy before? We're back to the guy before. Cervico. Okay. Right, because sure. he wants to be, he claims he wants to be Cervico. Okay. No, you want to just go. I don't him? know the spelling of it. I'm afraid I'm going to pronounce it wrong. <laughs> I know what you're referring to, but I okay, don't know. Okay, yeah, no, let's just do Sir the Perco, right? Serpico? Serpico. Serpico. No, let's Sepia just do the tone. pimp. It's super easy. The pimp. You sure? Yeah. I don't want to steamroll you. We're good. Creative comfort place. <laughs> anyway, uh, the uh, Amanda Plummer, we already talked about it. Honey um, Bunny. Honey Bunny from, from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Don't you fucking move. I got to pee. That She's, she has a very um, harsh face. I was going to say interesting sound. Oh, yeah. Voice, in right? this movie, especially. Yeah, absolutely. She sounds like the baby from Combat Shock in this movie. <laughs> what the fuck is that voice, lady? Uh, Michael Richards as insensitive man. He's in the um, the newspaper when they're talking. He's just yelling. It's Kramer. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So we don't have to put it. I'm like, oh, yeah. If we say Kramer, you know why it's Kramer. It's the racist guy. Yeah. (laughs) He's never going to live that down. Never. Big bad call, my friend. We have Brenda Fricker. Mother Fricker. As May McKenzie, who is the mother of Charlie, hence Mother Fricker. Oh, man. Pigeon Lady from Home Alone, too. Done deal. No argument there. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Matt Doherty as William Heed McKenzie, uh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah. What was his name in the Mighty Ducks? I don't Ducks? give a fuck. I hate the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it's just when I saw him, I was like, I know this person. Yep. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'll never forget playing hockey and this fucking goalie that we had was obsessed with the Mighty Ducks, but he's not able to do a flying V. So he would always like call what he thought the action was oh, when I was no. playing D. And oh, he says no. something like, they're going to go for the flying V. And I look around, I'm like, no, they're not. It doesn't work that way. That's not the game. And as I'm looking at him, I look back and I see they shoot the puck. I mean, we're talking way high, top shelf, beyond the red line. And this kid is yelling at me about the the merits of the flying V they score. He was on your team? Yes. I was expecting you to just go up and enforce the fuck out of them. Just like cross-check them. The amount of times that I cross-check people in a no-cross-check league and then <laughs> pretended to fall down. <laughs> you think I'm animated and I'm a good actor here. You should have seen me then. Oh, I done done my shoulder in, coach. You better pull me out before they put me in the box. Yeah, buddy. The amount of times that I went in for a line change and they're like, no, what? No. No, get over here. <laughs> my bad. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's it. Eddie Guerrero on ice skates, this guy. Anyway, Charles Grodin as the commandeered driver. Beethoven, Clifford, Beethoven. King Kong. Yep. He Uncle, doesn't even Uncle need Martin. to. Martin. There we go. Uncle Martin. Yeah. Phil Hartman as John Johnson. Or Vicky. Honestly, okay. So I really love Kung Pao Enter the Fist, but I realized that they completely stole Betty from this. Where he's like the badass, oh, evil right, Betty. Right, yeah. right, right. Oh, okay. well. Because it even like sounded it phonetically when he said it. Debbie Mazar as Susan, Tony's girlfriend. Who gives a fuck? Steven Wright as the pilot. Liked so, him. Coincidentally, though, Debbie Mazar, she was in Beethoven also. There you go. Right. Maybe that's where they got the idea for the movie. They're like, this movie sucks. I would rather be in a movie that's led by a cantankerous dog. 
You mean like the dog from Cujo? Yeah, exactly. Let's take the yep, dog from absolutely. Cujo. Absolutely. I mean, if you can somehow take all of the slobber from Beethoven and make it acidic, there you go. Tell me this honestly. How many times throughout history do you think that there's a, you know, playing on cable Cujo and like a grandma walks into the room and she's like, oh, Billy, here's your Beethoven movie. I'll be back in 15 minutes. And it's some kid who's like traumatized watching because Cujo. Because you, you watch Cujo just like piss acid all over somebody. Yeah, yeah that's great. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Alan Arkin is Tony's captain who never gets a fucking name. He was great in Little Miss Sunshine and Edward Scissorhands and all sorts of stuff. Greg German as the concierge, the guy who you're like, oh, hey, that's Greg German. That guy whose name I didn't know until I looked it up on IMDb. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I have got nothing. Oh, also Pigeon Ladies and Hook. The children were screaming. <laughs> that's good, right? Yeah. I've only yeah, had a lifetime really of watching that movie to be able to perfect it's it. It's so good. Brian? Yep. Who's doing the recapitation this week? Take it away, dude. Guy falls in love, gets married, complications occur, but everything works out tremendously well. <laughs> I feel like I should take over on that. <laughs> because you, wanna... you sound like you're so upset about doing it. Because it's just like... <laughs> Like I said, it's the plot of one SNL sketch that's seven minutes long. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I feel this, like this this whole thing could have taken place in her butcher shop where he has a crush and she's like throwing hands. But it's like her sister is also working with her at the butcher shop. And she's like, you know, cutting up meat and packaging it up. And people are walking out and they're like, why is there a hand in my brisket? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it, it would it would definitely make sense if the sister did work at the the meat I don't know, what do you call it? Meat Old World Deli. deli. What's it so, called? Oh, Meats of the World Deli. So if the sister also worked there and then she took on uh, Mike Myers like as a helper, right? And then the sister's like, well, what the fuck? I thought I was helping you. And then that's when you're like, oh, okay, it makes sense on why she would be so upset and why she'd yeah. be killing people because she's like, well, I like to spend time with my sister. We have this business together, yada, yada. But no, apparently it's just the sister being weird and wanting to spend and... and incessant amount of time an incessant amount of time incessant that's right that's all because i can think of in this movie incest uh, <laughs> wincest that's what they say i saw that on reddit and it was unironically posted and i was like uh uh <laughs> no that's not the way no ew so j- 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 slay by play right ryan yeah, you want to take over j- 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 slay by play <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. For those of you only listening to the audio podcast, sure you get a hidden track at the end, but you don't get to see me honk my tits. So mm. take it or leave it. Honk honk. Ryan honked my tit. That's right. Our friendship Just, has reached new levels and new lows. Just a singular. Just one tit. Yeah. So the way the movie starts out is uh you get an introduction to like a, a swanky little coffee shop. Right. And well, it's like uh also they stole the font from Monkey Bone, I think, when they're doing this like the flyover. Oh, okay. Ugh. Keep going. So you have kind of like a behind the scenes look on this like giant cup of like a fucking cappuccino being made. Yeah. And it, Oh, did you notice that the the roads is on Jack Kerouac Street? I didn't Jack know. Kerouac on the road. It's a literary reference. It's not funny. Oh, okay. Keep going. I was just saying, I did not catch that. It's so. not in any of the trivia, and I was like, how do they not catch? Like, another part of the trivia that shows that nobody likes this movie, the room that they stay in is the Robbie right. Fried room, which is... Which is the combination of the, the writers, right? The writer and the producer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I feel like there's some sort of hidden SNL skit 
somewhere in the intro to this. Like how dirty that mug is or something. Right, how yeah. dirty every you know it is. It shows the underbelly of the 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 coffee shop and all of the goings-ons that happens. It shows him deliver to Mike Myers' character and uh Did you notice that there was a guy wearing a burlap sack and there was a clown at one point? No, I didn't notice that. I saw that in trivia and I'm like, "Oh." You saw it? I didn't see it. What? So yeah, it was written in trivia, but I couldn't care less as far as going back and actually watching it. No, for sure. So I'm like, well, I've gone too far. So that's about it. I also wasn't sure definitively that it was a clown. I thought, you know, because 90s fashion has a lot of like zoot suit kind of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, maybe it's just an ill-fitting outfit because they even kind of do like some jazzy things. But it's I wasn't really like some. It. <laughs> it's really somebody with dreadlocks, a beanie and some jinkos. And you're, they're like, it's a clown. <laughs> no. Wearing his wet willy shirt got from fucking, World Industries. Remember those jinkos that are like multicolored and they have like different sides? And or maybe it was just people that just like drew on them or like with Sharpie. I love if I was Chad, a poor did you person, have jinkos? I feel like you had jinkos. If I was a poor person in the <laughs> 90s, what I would have done is taken one pair of jinkos, cut them in half, stitched them up, and then given each of my daughters a, a pair a skirt, a <laughs> denim skirt. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the people that are wearing Jinkos also were just like chugging Jolt like a motherfucker. Surge. Surge. Is that what it is? Well, I mean, there was Jolt, but Surge, I don't know if you remember. Surge, I think it's NHL 98, is actually like the key sponsor of it. And then I think it was out of business by the time NHL 99. I feel like they brought it back. Yeah, in like the energy drink craze. It was like a promotional thing. I don't know if they they kept with it. But anyways. You want to hear something great? I'll go back. (laughs) I had Surge one time when my brother Ben was fucked six something like that and i was playing an hl 98 i belched quite loud and he goes mommy jacob farted because he didn't know the difference between farting and burping and i spit surge all over my computer way to go benjamin button hey bud he doesn't watch this show he couldn't be bothered he's a frat boy he's a cool frat boy he's a cool uh frat boy that's obsessed with pace picante (laughs) for those of you who don't know uh, at my bachelor party, we did a rafting trip and we were somewhere. Oh, it was at, it was during the rafting. It trip. was in, uh, it was in Kern. Yeah. And so we're eating chips and salsa that they provided as part of our very illustrious rafting trip. And he's like, can I get more of this salsa? This salsa is great. I don't know what's, what, what's up with this salsa. It comes in like a plastic container and it's really good. And you can just like pour it right out of the container. It's called pace. I think And everybody literally looked at him like. New York City. <laughs> this is also the same trip where he famously, we were at some restaurant and he goes, do you guys have cactus cooler? Oh, and the lady yeah. was like, no, <laughs> nobody has ever had. What? Yeah. Hold on. Let me just uh, bust open the cactus cooler on tap. <laughs> this is like three years ago, mind you. This is not in the 90s. So whatever. Good old Benjamin Button. Uh, we move on. So yeah, it cuts to Charlie who gets the the cappuccino and he's like, Hey, yo, look at this thing. It's huge. Wow. Wacky. And then he's talking to his friend who looks like a pimp. Right. And right off the bat, it it just kind of. Can I tell you my theory? It rubbed me the wrong way as far as his like delivery right off the bat. It's antagonistic. Yes. It's like he's making fun of the material where he's like, fuck you. (laughs) You know what I mean? You even do it in his voice. I do. Bing bong boom. (laughs) The cow jumped over. My mom's ass. Because he could, he can't say what you expect him to say. It has to be something wacky. Yeah, agreed. And he put in him doing the geisha arms or whatever. Ganesh. Sheba. The Sheba arms. Yeah, I could see that. 
I really want to do that now where I, I Photoshop it where it's him doing no, his no, stupid you, arms and then it's he does like the Doctor Strange. Like, well, all we got to do is we just got to ask Chad. Yeah, Chad. Chad. Just go ahead and make it happen, Chad. We're just keeping you honest, bud. So his friend's like, hey, you know what your problem is? You dump girls because you find microscopic flaws in them and you make it into a big deal. And he's Appar- like, apparently the, the last chick was amazing, but she was a klepto. But was she really? Or is it just him kind of looking into something else? Which I feel like um, reminded me of like Shallow Al. Yeah, exactly. Right? Where it's like. Uh, With Jason Alexander and his little tail. Exactly. And he's like, oh, dude, why wouldn't you like this chick? She's like a supermodel. And he's like, well, one of her big, one of her toes. It's like her like middle toes longer than her big toe or something. And it's like, that's nothing. Yeah. I love that character that he gives these girls like neuroses because he's so like, and he looks like him. It's great. It's a great. And he has a tail. A little nub. (laughs) It's cute when he walks away and it's wagon. Kind of jealous. I want one. And they go through the list. So first one he claims is a klepto. The second one he claims was in the mafia because she wouldn't tell him what he was doing. Apparently she was just, she just didn't have a job. Unemployed. He's like, well, convenient. And then the last one smelled like beef vegetable soup. Waka waka. But you're Scottish. Why wouldn't you like that? (laughs) Right? Is that a a Scottish stereotype? I mean, I'm, I'm referring to myself in a pejorative sense. I don't know. Maybe I have it no is. Idea. I I'm know. not offended by it. If somebody came up and said, I smell like beef vegetable soup, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like for some reason, beef stroganoff would sound a little better than beef stew or beef vegetable stew. It depends how long it's been out, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. Get a little ripe with that cream of mushroom soup. And for some reason, his friends dress like a pimp. He says he looks like sh- he looks like Sugar Bear. I want to say. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Suge Knight, and I was like, nope, not the same, <laughs> not the same. He is definitely not a pimp. Well, he might be a pimp in prison. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna find us. He might. So then it cuts to Charlie or Austin Powers, Wayne's World love guru. That's what we should call him because this movie's on par with how bad I imagined the love guru was because I never saw it. But never anyway, saw it either. He does the beatnik poetry. Bing, bong, bing, da, 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 da. And the best part of this is that there's a video package. And I'm like, how the fuck did you coordinate this video package for this thing? Right. Was right. it a picture of like his ex? Yeah. There's yeah. some other okay. clips that went in with it. And then it. there's like a candle, right? There's like a candle in a jar. Yep. And, a, and then after he, he's done, he just blows it out. It's very symbolic. Of the end of the relationship and him moving on, which we'll get now, to. Now, what is the symbology? Breadcrumbs. <laughs> Symbolism. Thank you. <laughs> I was you. waiting for you to get that. Sorry. Of course I got it. <laughs> Nobody, I think, got it when I said symbology. Like three Did you weeks say ago. it? Yeah. Oh, that's man. okay. I didn't. I, I was talking like a straight man. I wasn't being wacky, Jake. So people were like, oh, it just probably said some weirdism. So what I think you meant is symbolism. Can we talk about Boondock Saints for the next hour? <laughs> I feel like our fans would appreciate it. I think much more so. It's so good. You know what people I know who have Veritas and what is Aquitas tattoos? Yeah. You need to fucking settle down. This shit's <laughs> permanent. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I liked the movie. But I, it was still just think, like, I still think the unsung hero is Rocco. For sure. Right. Is it dead? Tell me there's a better line <laughs> in the whole so movie good. than that. That was so good. And it, I mean, it follows like one of the most horrific parts of the film. Yeah. Right. This poor cat just gets fucking decimated. And then he's like, is it, is it dead? And you're like, yes, that was great. You know what we need to do? What? We need to re-edit it so that it's not a cat. It's, it's John it, Wick's bit puppy. It Photoshop. Chad, I was you can do say this. it was basically Mike Myers like laying on the table. Oh, acting like a cat like in the hat? Fucking... Wait, he's the cat in the hat? Do you yes. remember that? <laughs> Bam! 
That's great. My point was going to be that I wanted Rocco to fight John Wick because I think that'd be hilarious, but doesn't matter. Oh, kind of like uh, where they fight their father. Yeah. In the in the street. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Billy something or other. Yeah, basically Rocco would fight his. You know, it, they would you would superimpose John Wick in the street, and then that's when uh, what's his name, the detective would be like, and there was a fire fight. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. There you the go. The Green Goblin himself. Actually, what was it? Sean Patrick Flannery was in another movie called Pale Saints, where he had a, it was basically of mice and men, where his friend had like brain damage and was mentally impaired. I guess that guy's doing a lot of stuff. Good he's, for him. He's in because uh, Norman Reedus, his career blew up, and then the other right. guy was like, "Hi, I'm still here." I think I think he's in a TV show that just won. He just won a fucking daytime whatever the fuck they win participation trophy. An Emmy. Oh. Is that a thing? Emmy, Emmy, no, Emmy, 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 yeah, for TV. I I never watched those. Yeah. Did you notice that Mike Myers, Love Guru, admits to being sexually attracted to cartoons in his Beatnik poem? I uh, did not. Yep, he talks about being aroused. Jo- Josie and the Pussycats is one of the things that he references. Yeah, but, and they show you know, a clip of it. God forbid anybody ever brings that up about him. No, it's always the girls that have, that he has the issues with. Yeah, right. right? I would love to see the scene where Harriet's like, you know what? We were cool. And then you started getting off on Josie <laughs> on, and the let's Pussycats. Let's switch a little, flip scripts a little bit. And, and uh, let me open up about all of the things that you done fucked up on. So then the next scene is him going into meats of the world. Also, come on. If you're going to be Mr. Yuck Yuck Pony Guy, let's do a better joke name for the deli. Like meat and greet, but spelled M-E-A-T. <laughs> Not meats of the world. Whatever. He asked for Haggis. He didn't look directly in front of him. Did you notice that she pulls yeah. it from the case directly? <sighs> I always hate being that guy, though. When you go to a store and you're like, hey, do you have this thing? And they're like, you mean that? I'm like, yeah, because I'm an asshole. I always have to point out that I'm an asshole, though. Yeah, I love it when people say, if it were a snake, and I'm like, fuck you, fuck your life. If we were a snake. <laughs> if like, we were a snake, it would have bit you. Really? Nobody's ever said that to you? Not to me. They know better. What? That is like such a fucking common thing no, that people say. Stone cold stunner day ass. Holy shit. Somebody try and talk like that to me. <laughs> I take they soul. Okay. Fair enough. Like Papa Shango. Can we talk about pro wrestling for the <laughs> Anyway. It's uh, like, are we going WWF right now or what? I think that the, the haggis cost like 1967 or something where I'm like, in 1990s money, it costs $20 for some haggis. Which is a stomach filled with other meat. But then again, I mean, look at the size of the haggis. That was like a fucking meatloaf. Well, a handful. It was like this big. Nah. No. Nah. Mm-mm. Chad, pull it up. I see. I've seen <laughs> uh, loaves of sourdough that were bigger than that. Anyway, moving on. He's at his parents' house. They have a Scottish wall of fame. Sean Connery's on there. Blah, blah. I don't understand why it's there, but whatever. There's a fish tank is so funny. that has an eel. Is an eel Scottish? That, no. I, I, they literally are so Scottish that they jig. They get jiggy with it? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Had to try. His dad's watching soccer, and then he tells Wayne to try on his mom's bra before he floats away <laughs> like a fairy. Okay. His dad's a conspiracy theorist. Mom's a conspiracy theorist. Her, his mom is doing the Garth Brooks juice diet. She refers, <laughs> I don't get it. No. She does the Weekly World News and says it's the eighth biggest circulated news in the world. And then she French kisses his friend goodbye. What the fuck is this movie? Yeah, I feel like other than Mike Myers playing his father, 
everything else can be just completely skipped. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what they're like. The point and purpose of her macking on the friend is like, there's no conflict. There's no resolution there. There's, there's no punchline to it. The poor, the poor little redhead who gets made fun of who later has to get his dad's pants. Yeah. Yeah. He calls him an orange on a toothpick. Yep. Orange like, on the toothpick. Look, look at the size of his head. Yeah. He just calls him head over and over again. Heed. Heed. Yeah. Is that his name? No. Is that what he's credited as? No, 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 no. It's in quote. It is William Heed McKenzie. Oh, so it's Heed. Look Take at the heed. big Heed. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like, does the friend ever... It, first off, she seems to kiss him without his consent. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Can we talk about that, please, for a minute? Yeah, buddy. If you don't mind. Straight assault. <laughs> exactly. And he's a police officer. She's assaulting a police officer. But anyway, like... <laughs> How about the punchline is he finally kisses her back and she's like, oh, I'm a married woman. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, and then it's the uh, what is it, the graduate. You know what I'm talking about? No. Dustin Hoffman's like, hey, old lady, let me. Mrs. Hey, Mrs. Robinson. No. You don't. No. You never seen that graduate? No, don't. It's awful. <laughs> Moving on. I was like, OK, I guess I'm going to go home and watch it. No. No, 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 never mind. The ending is the only part of that movie you need to see. OK, but the Garth Brooks juice diet. That could be very funny. I just don't know why it's, it's like, in okay, here. Okay, let's elaborate a little bit, maybe. Are we just like randomly picking a fucking famous person's name off of a wheel and being like, let's add him as a juice diet? Because I think it's kind of mocking Suzanne Somers, who did the Thighmaster, because the Thighmaster's later on, and it's like celebrity product placement. Hmm. I don't know. Is maybe. this movie that clever? Is it not clever enough? But again, that's another part of the movie where you're like, why the fuck does this show him using a Thighmaster? Is there some sort of joke that you guys are going to like throw in here, including the thigh master? But no, it's just one part of something that apparently is supposed to be funny. Okay. Yeah. Then there's a scene of him driving past the deli. To Brian's point, she's dressed up like ye old Dutch girl. Why? Then <laughs> I want answers now. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't get it. He's so mad. Why? You come to my house and you explain to me, Michael Myers. I, I'm just saying. I am so happy I didn't take long form notes on this film because I would be fucking pissed <laughs> because, you know, a 93 minute movie turns into like a two and a half hour movie and it just wouldn't be worth it. So next scene, police station. Tony has his doubts about being a cop. He expresses this to the police chief, Alan Arkin, and he's like, it's just boring. I never. So he, he gives an example. I never chased a guy. I've never hung on to a helicopter, from a helicopter. And I've never commandeered a vehicle. And he's basically saying how he wants to become like Servico. And only one of those things happen. You set the breadcrumbs now. This is how this is the way that the writing is done. You, you do three things. Comedy works in threes. So then you have him chase a guy. You have him hold on to a helicopter and you have him commandeer a vehicle. You don't just have him try and commandeer a vehicle, which is one of the funnier parts of the movie. But that's because of the cameo that's in. Right. But he also fails at it. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes it funny. Like, <laughs> that's the point is even when he gets the opportunity, he still sucks. Right. I, I, under, I understand how it's funny and the irony in it. But at the same time, you feel like he should at least succeed in one of those. Nah, you don't dress <laughs> like a pimp and then do that. But also, like, it's not as though they didn't have the budget to do a helicopter. Right. He's in a plane. How well, easy, I feel just... like majority of the budget went to Mike Myers. For so. sure. <laughs> and that fucking haircut. Can we talk about that? Oh, my God. He all looks can, like a cartoon character. All I can look at was a stupid fucking part down the middle of his forehead. I wish that an axe went right into it. Almost. Hell yeah. Almost happened. So then he's complaining that his chief is too nice. 
which sets up later on. Alan Arkin gets the best lines of the film when he's, you know, we'll we'll get to it in chronological order. I thank you very, very much. Oh, you do that so well. All right. Then we have him walking by the deli and she's just hacking up meat and there's a big crowd. He enters. She's like, hey, Haggis. And he's like, mur, mur, mur. right. Yeah, I can't help but notice you're you're super swamped. Well, my dad used to be a butcher and I can help you out. And she's like, fuck it. I just met you. But hey, come work behind the counter. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. <laughs> Cut up some veal for this lady. <laughs> it's the best I can do. Sorry. <laughs> So she just trusts some guy with sharp objects to go behind her. To, and he's I, you never see him wash his hands. No hair. No, net. no. He's throwing raw meat at people like, yeah. I, into the crowd. What? This is not a fucking Ramstein concert. Thank you very much. <laughs> Does that happen? I don't know. It's the first person that came to mind. <laughs> sorry, Ramstein. Yeah, whatever. I don't I'm not sorry. Do host. Wow. You hate me. I hate you okay. back. How about okay. that? Wow. You want to tell me what I do with my life? There's a terrible montage. The song is so loud and bad. Yeah. That's me saying something is loud and bad, mind you. Fuck. Uh, yeah. He uh, mimes the alien chest burster. Let me tell you something. I thought that when Dane Cook did the alien joke, it was too old. When this movie does the alien joke, it's too old. Spaceballs had done it. Everything had done it. No. No mas. Yeah. I imagine Mike Myers looking at the script and writing it in, thinking he's the funniest fucking guy in the world. Well, I think that I, I hope that that was improv and not him consciously writing it down. You know, you gave him too much credit. Yeah, I guess so. He does the <laughs> massage. The massage is kind of funny. I, I'll admit that. And then when he does the bloody like stump the, is the kind arm. of funny. I, yeah. yeah the, the arm missing. And he says something like, oh, mom, have you seen my arm? Yeah. Or some shit. I don't know and then there's the scene where they're doing. The, well, I mean, it's the same scene, but they're doing the little like chicken or turkey head bobbin and they're like yeah, singing yeah 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 like she kind of joins in mm -hmm. and that that seemed a little weird it seemed forced i feel like forced. if they did something like that more it works better because right. it's like breadcrumbs she could be psychotic but they don't so it doesn't matter just yeah. like so many things in this movie you're like it's here but does it matter yeah mm -hmm. it's like i'm i'm completely swamped and i have all these people waiting for their their fucking various meat cuts but I have this asshole behind me totally miming it up with all of the cuts. And I'm just going to like stop what I'm doing and do fucking these like theatrics with you. It just I don't know, doesn't Speaking work. Speaking of these cuts, I wish this whole scene ended up on the cutting room floor. Am I right? Am mm -hmm. I right? That's right. Then they're going on a date at the Golden Gate Bridge. And they have the topic of bad things that they've done. How many people have you brutally murdered? And he asks her and she's like, well, it's subjective. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Then as they're walking, some Russian sailors are like, Dasvidanya, Russia, Russia. <laughs> I imagine them being like, Slava Voinov, Slava Voinov. Uh, Jov Pavelski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're including hockey guys. Kovalchuk, Ilya Kovalchuk. And she's like, ah. Ovechkin. Super fucking old. <laughs> so, but apparently worth fucking money. Right before the season started, I was like, fuck that old man. And I was like, wow, he get paid. He deserves it. He's the only person who I was like, good for you. Yeah, agreed. Everybody else. I was like, I expect better. <laughs> Even with no coach. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she then talks back to the sailors and she's like, Russia, Russia from Russia with love. And they're like, <laughs> whoa. And this is where you get the breadcrumbs tying back to the mom's weekly world news article talking about the Russian martial arts, A expert Russian martial arts expert, which I feel like. It seems strange to include 
those three words in a sentence. I don't know why. Russian martial arts expert. It just seems far-fetched. To parody a terrible joke from this movie, two words, Sambo. Combat Sambo. Okay. Fyodor Emelianenko. What the fuck was his name? Last Emperor. The Last Emperor. And then uh, the last place emperor. If you look Rory, at <laughs> Rory McDonald, kind of stole the thunder, right? The With Red King. The Red King, right? I kind of like that a lot better. Yeah, but he's all Jesusy now, and he's not good at fighting. Was he really? He he went to a draw with John Fitch, and he was like, "I don't have the will to kill people anymore." I was like, "I literally saw you throw your soul at Robbie Lawler. Like you you have done enough combat. <sighs> you can calm down." So he's going. He's basically movie. going the road a la Vitor Belfort. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's more like BJ Penn where he's saying he doesn't have the eye of the tiger anymore. Oh, no. Oh, well. Well, at He's least... still in the tournament, so we're going to find out. We'll see. Bellator. Sorry. We used to do an MMA podcast. We keep it pretty light here, okay? But uh, indulge me, if you will. Bing bong boo. You're going to be fucking including that in all of your conversations now with Sierra. From now on. And she's going to be like, stop now. Hello, Aurora. <laughs> it's time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh me all for breakfast and then i'm gonna blow on the oatmeal instead of blowing up the candle <sighs> so they go back to her place it's a weird place it looks like a music box from hell with like the stupid platform right right, right. not about it you see that there's the martial arts ex- exhibit the, the atlantic city giant poster little oh, wow. clues um yeah, this is this is a good joke that is not delivered well. But Mike Myers says that Scotland has their own martial art called "fuck you." Yeah, yeah, it's a good joke, but it, it's it just is not a good done joke. Well. Was not delivered well at all because I remember thinking like, "the fuck," <laughs> like what? No, fuck you, Michael Myers. <laughs> so like, no, that didn't even give me a chuckle. Yeah. Nothing. He says that he has to go because if he doesn't, they're gonna kiss. Then they're gonna kiss on the couch. Then they're gonna kiss in the bedroom, and then she's going to have him spend the night together. And she goes, I want to spend the night together. And he goes, I have no problem with that. He then tags her. No, she yeah, tags him. Yeah, she tags him. She, she runs, up runs upstairs. upstairs. He chases after her. Dropping trowel. Midway up the stairs, he drops trowel. So you see him in his, uh, is it tidy whities Whitey yep. tidies? Tidy whities Tidy whities Which gives you Wayne's World tidy whities This tidy whities Austin Power tidy whities He's about that tidy whities You know, and, and apparently no boxer brief. This is bullshit. Mike, uh, Michael Jordan, when he had the Hitler mustache, was in a Fruit of the Loom commercial. That's true. Not Michael Myers. Mike Myers. Mickety Mike. <laughs> Mixmaster Mickety Mike Wayne. That's right. Michael Jordan. Michael Not Jordan. Mike Myers. Yes. I, yeah. Is that Fruit of the Loom? Fruit of the Loom? Haynes. 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 Okay. Wait till I get my Haynes on. That's that. A promise. <laughs> anyway. Oh, stop touching me. So she's. They. He takes her to Bone Zone, and then she's moaning in her sleep, and she screams, "Ralph!" Which she is like moaning, like she is like, <sighs> "Yeah, it's uh, when somebody met somebody, right?" Isn't when Harry that? met Sally. Yeah, there we go. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> right, because she's acting it up. And have you? Do you know? Right, every every fucking time this that movie comes up and that scene comes up, everybody wants to. You know, that's Rob Reiner's mom, and that was an improv line. Yes. We can establish everybody knows that trivia. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Thank you. For her to just say, oh, it's it's uh, my friend Ralph. She's a friend. And you're like, well, she's more than a fucking friend, huh? Yeah, he doesn't believe that it's a she. 
turns out there is a Ralph later, but that doesn't mean that it's the only Ralph, Ralph. It's not a Ralph Nader. Or a, a Ralph, Ralph Loren. <laughs> it's a Ralph later. No. Okay. Nice. That's good. <laughs> he comes downstairs pantless again. He sees her silhouette upstairs or a silhouette of a woman. He goes up, opens the door. Naked sister. Naked Rose. Yep. Kiss by Rosa. Ooh, the more. I'm sorry. That, is that, Does is this that, song get the seal, seal of approval? Yep. Right. Okay. Got it. Anyway, it's a sister Rose. She reads him a note that was clearly written by Harriet Tubman for him on the Underground Railroad. And she says, thank you for the hot dog. Right. And, so after the fact, it makes me wonder if Rose did not, in fact, write that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I didn't think about it until just right now. Well, there's two possibilities. One, she did write the note. And the joke is that her sister is being inappropriate by reading the private correspondence right, right, or right. she just adds or, it. Or the sister adds that because she's a fucking weirdo. Yep. So the, so the best part of this scene, the funny is when she's like, how about I make you some silver dollar pancakes and some eggs and some bacon and some Kona coffee? And he's like, all right. Then it, the next scene is her pouring Fruit Loops into a bowl. <laughs> ah, it's so good. Yeah, that is really good. But everything else sucked. So you find out it's actually the sister's place as she's drawing him. I really wish that you saw what her drawing right, was. But right. I feel like it might have given it away if she's drawing him with like a noose shitting like the lady from the Yeah, it omen. just it here's another part of the movie where they could have delved a little deeper into the character, but instead they just show, show her drawing him for some reason and they don't explore that anymore. Yeah. Like that's it. It's just her drawing him while he's eating fucking Cheerios. Or how about this? Or she, draw, she draws, right? And maybe it was Charlie's notebook. So then she rips the page out, but then like detective guy actually does something detective and he like takes the lid of the pencil and rubs it over and he's like, oh my God, it's a drawing of Charlie with a fucking dick stabbed through his eye. <laughs> I got to save his life. That triggers him, not, oh, there's some article from the Weekly World News that conveniently pertains just mm. very specifically to our lives. Right. I mean, it makes it like, it's already a movie of grand coincidence made worse and worse where you could have tied it in. This is an example, but let's move on. Uh, he asks her about martial arts guy and Ralph, and she says that she won't tell Harriet anything about what happened between them. And she's, he's like, but nothing did happen. That was kind of a good cue that she was weird, but they don't explore it or pay it off at right. all until the last 20 minutes. Yep. Moving it's on. Weird. It's weird. Montage of the relationship. It's getting better all the time. Getting better. Okay. <laughs> Next is the Fog City Diner on a double date playing What's Worse. You want to talk about your girl from Beethoven? Uh, the girl who basically uh, doesn't get the game whatsoever. And uh, yeah, she basically says, oh, what's what's worse than getting electrocuted? And they're like, this movie or what? You have to compare it to something else. And then she's like, well, I got electrocuted one time and it was really awful like this movie. Yep. And uh that's about it. They end up leaving. Uh, they find. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They first they fight over who pays the check. And Mike Myers like, no, 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 no. And I wrote annoying. No X infinity. Yeah. And then Harriet yeah. takes the and check. And then Harriet's like, you know what? This is fucking childish. I'm just going to take it. So she pays for the bill. They all leave as they're leaving. They're like, oh, let's all catch a cab. Nah, we're, we're going to walk. And then she you can tell up, they didn't have cell phones. Then she ends up walking in the rain and he makes a comment like, oh, I really like that you wanted to take a walk in the rain. And they never explore that anymore. Mm -mm. For some and reason. she says that she feels safe with him directly as lightning cracks overhead. 
I thought it was good because from what maybe I was just yawning and I couldn't hear it, but I did not hear <laughs> thunder roaring at the same time as lightning. Scientifically accurate, my friend. We move on to the parents' house. During the, you find out as they're walking into the house, he's going to throw them their 30th wedding anniversary. Did, is, sorry, just going to ask, do they go back to their, her house at all where she acts like she's sticking a needle in his neck? Or is that later on? I think it's later on, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, I was about to ask you, I was like, we're getting to that time where we could just start blazing through because I'm, I have a whole bit planned where I'm going to be annoying making fun of this movie. So I don't know. No, they have their, their nice little date. They go back to the house. No, this is when he suspects her. I know exactly what you're talking yes, about. Yes, that, that yeah. is after because the mom brings up uh, the axe murder. Yep. Okay, got it. So the dad touches her on the shoulder while he's not wearing any pants. She twists his arm into a hammer lock and he's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> he, he yells at the mighty duck to bring him his pants. <laughs> mighty like if your life, like you already look dorky as fuck. Then you're in the mighty ducks and you're the guy who Michael Myers yells to get his pants. I mean, that kid had to have had it rough in elementary school. The mom accuses Charlie, the love guru, of having a pickle up his ass again. And he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. Apparently, I have a pickle up my ass. And then when he's looking in there, he sees the Weekly World News article. It reminds him of it. And then the coincidences start coming back. But it's it seems that he's noticing the coincidences even before. So it's very odd that like this article brings it back. It's like it was already in the forefront of your mind. Right, whatever. Right, right. They're showing him a photo, showing her a photo album of him as a kid. He comes, oh, he, he looks at her through the door and he's like, Ugh, and then she looks at him and he slams the door, showing he's very worried. And then she noticeably tells the mom that she's moved around, quote, quite a bit. And that's when he hears it. Right. Then that's when he hears it. That's when he shuts the door. Yeah. Right. Then oh they're in the car together and he looks spooked and asked her about the martial arts expert. She says that was in Miami. He asked about Atlantic City and she goes, I don't like talking about that part of my life. So they just don't talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that kind of plays to maybe maybe she being some kind of a crazy killer, right? It, it plays to his suspicions. So. Ryan knows me too well. He's not setting me up like he used to to sing songs. Because he said crazy killer instead of psycho killer. <laughs> I just feel like if anybody is ever playing the drinking game, they're just so fucked up about halfway through this. So. I get it. There's just that there is somebody with a snorkel on who just keeps like pouring <laughs> into the top. And they're like, sing me another two, Jake. Play me a song, piano man. Are you going to sing that one too? No. <laughs> I got a bunch of them. I got, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. I got all. Anyway, then they're in bed and she's muttering about Ralph again. Then they're at the police station and he's asking Tony about the, or the pimp. Oh, let me get the terminology right. The love guru Wayne is asking the pimp about the Mrs. X article. And then this is where the two words therapy joke comes in. Hilarity. Yeah. The cop is wearing the same awful short sleeve shirt from earlier. Yeah, I noticed that. So they just no costume department recycle. Turn it inside out then do what Ryan Gosling did and just turn the shirt inside out. Anyway, the mom's quote about the weekly world news. He then repeats it back to him that it's the eighth widely circulated, blah, blah, blah. You're supposed to think it's funny, but, but you it's don't. not. No, it's not. Then Tony walks off screen and Mike Myers continues to talk. And you you know, he's supposed to be talking to a person. He's supposed to be emoting. He's supposed to be expositorily discussing with a person. And he's just like, I am talking to the, I am finishing my line now. 
and he you could tell he's not talking to anyone he's talking into the <laughs> void the triangle with tentacles coming the out of void. it from the movie we did a couple of weeks god back. why aren't we talking about that some more i love that movie it's so such much. a good movie and think about it like fuck, the budget was probably half this oh anyway. god that is so crazy then it cuts to him watching tv and he's using the thigh master as he's watching a current affair and he's watching a story about poisoning murderers and she brings in a quote health shake that she spent 20 minutes making this scene is awful no just cut it out just fucking erase all of that okay i realized that as i fit, but the punchline of the scene kind of redeems it where he's like backing out like he's gonna back out of the room but then yeah. he backs into her closet and she gets mad so she slams the door and all of her shit falls on him that is a kind of funny bit you know that that is really good i feel like where the fuck did all of that shit come from in the closet Right. Because that is like an insane amount of shit that falls on him. But, you know, there's also a bad bit of ADR when her mouth is moving and it doesn't sync up. Right. Right. Super like noticeable because her mouth is the only part of her face that's showing tut tut. No good. So then uh, newspaper. Is this where it goes back to them sleeping or in the bedroom and they're like uh, going to bed? And then that's when she says, oh, you know, I feel so comfortable with you. I can I can even just take like a needle. I could do anything to you in your sleep. That's so fucking creepy. I'd be like, you mean like you could fuck me dry? <laughs> Not dry as in fucking without lubrication, but fuck me dry until you have purged me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're screaming. And then she, she like rolls over and she pouts. And he's like, I am a human blanket. And lays on her. You know what? That was really funny. I would like to do that to my wife. I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, you know what? Next time I get her super pissed, I'm just going to like yes. lay all over and be like, I'm a human blanket and see if it get, gets the same result. So we do a slasher's pact right here. Handshake it. Oh. Next time we piss our wives off, we try the human blanket and we would come back and report on it. Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> then we go to the newspaper. It's going to fail. Which is my favorite <laughs> scene in the world. It's so fucking stupid. I love it. So Charlie is saying he wants to put in an ad for his parents' 30th wedding anniversary. And then he's talking about it. And these two gentlemen are in the back making a joke about the guy, Ralph, whose body they found in a Dallas sewer. Who's that plumber? Yeah. Right? Well, they make the joke that he's a plumber. He's not really. The, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Right, but right, he right. is a plumber. You're right. You're right. You're right. And the whole joke is whatever. And the gal who he's trying to buy the ad space from is insulted. And she turns she's and like, she hey, them. you shouldn't make fun of somebody who died. Yeah. So he goes up and he's like, does it say anything about the wife? And the guy's like, look, OK, I get that he's a person. OK. And he's like, no, but does it say anything about the wife? And he's, so it's just Kramer yelling. like, I got it. I'm an asshole. It's basically Kramer being Kramer. Yeah. Which is the best part of the movie. Because yes, I was just like, I'd rather watch one episode of Seinfeld than this whole movie. <laughs> You're like, speaking of which, you just turn it off and turn uh, Seinfeld on. <laughs> How great would it be if you had all of the cameos of this movie in one episode of Seinfeld? Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I feel like I've been ripped off. So then uh, they go to the park. He breaks up with her. Uh, he says that he needs to meet her urgently. And they meet in the park because it's safer. He says... I'm afraid you're going to cu- leave me. You're afraid I'm going to cleave you. Uh, No, I'm afraid you're going to leave me. Okay, you broke my heart and I'm sad, but I'm not emoting because my face is full of Botox, which is meat <laughs> botulism, which I got from the Meat World Deli. <laughs> and then they just walk away. And then I have the note here. At the waterfront, he's writing a poem. Oh, butcher lady, killer of sheep and men, untrusting, unknowing, unloving, this poem sucks, which he does. Later, 
and then he revises at the end and then right. says that she's loving Did you happen annoying. to notice like he has her face plastered on the wall? Like, yeah, as he's his, doing the poem. Yeah. Like how fucked up is that shit? So you have her consent to use her I don't know. photographic I mean, likeness? I'd be pretty fucking pissed if somebody did that to me. Just yeah. saying. But then he refuses to blow out her candle. Like it's not over. No. No. It's safe to say that he delivered that poem like a no, it's not like a candle in the wind. Like a candle in a very safe place that's not blown out. Anyway, it cuts to the apartment, and this is where Tony the pimp tells him, hey, somebody confessed to the Ralph murder. And so Mike Myers is like, I better get in my car that apparently was in some other movie. That's yeah, all the yeah, trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apparently it was like Robert Redford fucking drove it in something or another. Yep. He drives off in his VW and gets over to her house, and he's like, I made a mistake. And she's like, too bad. And then he does a fucking poem about it. No, no, no I will correct you because yeah. I want to sing. She's like, it's too late to apologize. <laughs> oh, no. And then the sister appears behind him and he's like, that is the biggest tell that you get that she's crazy. And then he says that he loves her. She says that she loves him. And then she says, you blew it, Charlie. And if she had any kind of like acting, this is this is the pretty woman scene where she's like, Fuck you. You wouldn't serve me because I was a prostitute and I was leaking my pussy juice all over your store. But now I'm in here and I'm dressed fancy and you want to get my commission. Leaking my pussy juice. Yeah, th that's this scene where she's like, fuck yourself, Charlie. But she doesn't deliver it. She doesn't do any acting. Yeah, man. God, I wish we had a green screen. I would love to Photoshop myself into that scene. Fuck yourself, Mike Myers. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> Ugh. And then there's the rooftop where he's doing the poem to her. Right. And he wins her back. How does he do the poem? Hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. <laughs> he even references that this poem sucks, which I was like, yes, it does. This whole bit is bad. Yeah, it's just the voice. It's she, really what, what sells it. She beckons him over and they bump noggins. That's kind of cute because it reminds me of Finding Nemo. Noggin? See what you're missing if you're only listening to the audio podcast? <laughs> we just bumped noggins. Then it's them taking a bath together. Rose says, come on downstairs. Somebody wants to see you. And you see Lady Ralph. You want to talk about the funny that Mike Myers does with his towel? It's weird. I feel like this whole scene is really weird. It's, it's just supposed to be something to diffuse the tension so it makes sense that he would marry like her. Like, I get it. You're like, oh, okay. She's not really the killer because here is my friend Ralph. And he, for some reason, is still in his towel, which I find really odd. Right. There's like some person that I've never met before. I'm in somebody else's house. I just take a shower. So instead of getting changed like a normal human being, I'm going to come downstairs in my towel and totally be cool with it. So he hugs Ralph and he's so happy that Ralph is a girl because there's no way that she could have a friend named Ralph who was a boy, which I get the sexual kind of sounding dreams. But then there's also a whole other question. I've been cheated on by a girl who was the girl, but she was also a lesbian and we dated for two and a half years. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Stop asking questions. My point being, he hugs Ralph with his a towel, towel falls. and so his dick is jangling on her business. And, <laughs> and he's, she's he's fine a, with it. I'm naked, aren't I? And she's, she's fine like, with it. And then she totally grabs his ass. Which leads me to believe that she might be a homosexual because she's just not she's not flattered or in any way engaged with the penis. Either that or dip in both ways. That's, yeah, perfect, which would be great. Yeah. Be great for him. Some, like, why not be polygamists? Because there's already a bunch of weird shit like Garth Brooks's juice cleanse. Actually, I take it back. Polyamory is not weird. We have fans who are polyamorous. I wish I had your constitution, but I am terrified of it because I am a jealous prick. That's I don't just know. Me. I don't know what that is, but polyamorous. Agreed. It's where it's like, hey, I can fuck you, but I can also 
fuck this person. So when that, I believe there's like the term open relationship. Yep, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yep. There's the <laughs> cock of the north, which goes into that conversation. That's the anniversary party. Part of the party. He says, we both said a dick and we haven't agreed on a single thing since. That's kind of funny. That sounds like something yeah. that an old man says. The kid tries to steal a sip of beer. They slow dance and he says, marry me. And she says, no. He says, please. And he talks. She's like, okay. I did kind of think it was funny when he was like, I want you to have my children. And then I want you to have your children, which sounds like a lot of children. And then the dad gives him a toast. And then she changes her answer to yes. And then it's the wedding. <sighs> They're all wearing kilts because Scottish, whatever. <laughs> I, I, one of the better parts of the movie, right? If, if you, you want think, my body and you, you think, think I'm sexy, come on, baby. Tell me so. And then the bagpipist is playing so fervently and he's so yeah, drunk yeah, yeah. he passes he's like, out. He's like, <laughs> Is that Rod Stewart? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I think they actually, there's actually a note at the end of like special thanks to him. Nice. Uh, one thing that is kind of funny. So the if you look in our living room, there's a famous picture of, of my wife and I that we recreated. But we went to Hearst Castle in one of our first trips together. And there's a picture of us smooching. And I kicked my leg up because I'm progressive and I'm not worried about gender norms. I don't give a fuck. And he does it. And I was like, I would like that if you weren't stealing my jams from the past. <laughs> Uh, basically Jake watched this once upon a time and was like you know what that would be a really good idea don't say that I stole from this movie <laughs> you can say I stole from a lot of things but this movie is not one of them oh man so oh, I thought it was funny that Tony the pimp has a bunch of smooch marks on his cheek from Michael Myers' drunk ass mom oh nice the hoochie mama who's the pigeon lady the hoochie mom -ma. so one of the things I talk about is only you so weird yeah so that in the fact apparently that it was apparently it was written by the Flatters, one of her ex-husband. Yeah, she right. she sang it at each of the weddings. Oh, okay. But then there's a whole thing about her singing in nine languages. But as far as I recall, she only sings in two languages. It so. was like it was English and like French, Cantonese. For all I care, it's not English. It's not American English. That's all I give a fuck. <laughs> it's about. not American. <laughs> and then they're driving to their honeymoon to he, he quote, poet's corner. He mentions, uh, doesn't he mention something about husbands or something? Yeah, he makes a joke that he's the best husband she ever had. And she's like, what does that mean? What do you mean about best husband ever had? And he's like, I was just making a joke. I make jokes. I'm just making a joke. And they almost veer off of a cliff. Right. I would love so much if they just if went they off just the cliff. Fucking, yeah. And then it's just like 15 minutes of like a flaming car. That's how this movie should have ended. That's art. That's avant-garde. <laughs> avant-garde <laughs> cuts to the police station and this is the best part of the movie alan arkman's like yelling at the guy the pimp about the case and he's like it's strictly a homicide case the you old lady to, who confessed you need to back up you're not gonna get this you need to do your own thing and then he's like how how'd that work was that good yeah. and he's like oh well i mean i feel like he kind of laid it on a little strong there but uh you know we'll work on it yeah so yeah i thought that was really good he says that the lady who confessed to the murders also confessed to the murders of abraham lincoln warren g hardy and julius caesar and i thought that that's funny yeah didn't i also like a couple weeks ago i made a joke about people saying that they are their grandma was butt fucked by john wilkes booth that seems to be this lady. And I I, kid, I could not remember this. So don't you try and say I stole that. This is my thought that happened. It's 
It's been 27 years since I saw this movie, I think. Brian, if that okay. is your real name. Yeah, buddy. So then they leave. All day long. And then there's the montage where he's faxing the pictures of Harriet the Spy to everybody. And they're like, oh, yep, that's the lady who yeah, she got yeah. married to the, the stupid, guy. The stupid montage of like all of the different people getting phone calls and being like, yep, no, that's her. Yeah. yeah. I feel like one of the guys gets credited in the credits as a uh, man with bimbo. It's one of the guys yeah, that that's, makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, talking yeah. and he has a girl. Like, the kind the of background. the mook guy. Yeah. yeah. How, okay. Also, we lost <laughs> we lost Phil Hartman's bit. I was going to bring that up, but I was like, ah, you know what? I always do it where I remember something and I'm like, oh, but we totally fucking forgot about this. But I but mentioned it's one of the best yeah, parts Alcatraz. of the movie. Yeah. So let's go back. So they're on the, the boat to Alcatraz. So they're talking about how he's smitten. This is when the early onset of their relationship. Phil Hartman's the tour guide. But it, but he also has his suspicions, right? And yes. then that's when his friend's like, well, you always have suspicions about somebody. So why are you creating something out of nothing? And so what does Vicky say about Machine Gun Kelly? I don't recall. Is that where he says basically uh, he fucking cuts a guy's eyeball out? and Not then just a guy, his bitch's eyeballs his out. His bitch's eyeballs out. And what do they right? do the next day? And then day? the next day, like all four of them take a piss in the eye orbital socket yep or something and then he the punchline is this way to the cafeteria <laughs> that's apparently that. that got cut out from like a lot of edited um movies i could see why i could definitely see comedy central being like get the snail on the piss in and the it's funny sake. because you can imagine if that wasn't in the movie like i would not think that it would be in the original, yeah, right. You're like, oh, that's that's kind of so morbid. Obtuse. It's very morbid. There's compared nothing to that the morbid. The rest of it, exactly. Right. There's not the a single time where you're like, oh, that's perverse or disgusting. It's or or violent. That's the slay <laughs> of the game. And it doesn't yeah. even happen on screen. And yep, it happened forty absolutely. years ago. It's hypothetically what Machine Gun Kelly did to somebody. <laughs> yeah. It cuts to Poet's Corner. They're checking in. She says, "I am a headache." And uh, he says, don't move. And the concierge is like, do you really think she has a headache? And they go to the Robbie Burns room. And then so this is when I do my notes, I started doing it where I put the setting and then I put what happens in it to help me differentiate. So I'm going to give you my dramatic rendition of the rest of the movie. This is going to be real quick and real sweet. Police station, hotel, plane, hotel, plane, hotel, plane, hotel, airport, hotel, car, hotel, out front room, road. That's the rest of the movie, so Cut get scene. ready. <laughs> Jesus. They go to the back to the police station. The chief is yelling. They go to the hotel. She's getting ready and looking intensely in the mirror, like war painting it up like Arnie Schwartz in, uh, the pred in Predator. Not the Predator, just Predator. Then it goes... To the plane, and they're flying in a storm. And Stephen Wright makes his cameo. Stephen Wright's so good, awesome. He's so good. I literally just put classic Stephen Wright. If you've never indulged yourself and watched his stand up, it is. Whoa! I feel like I was in a dream where I was, <laughs> I was eight and a half months premature. Yeah. I feel like I've told you this dream before. Yeah. Have I told? And you're you? like, what the fuck? He says that while waking up from a nap. That's actually the third time they cut back to the plane, Brian. If you don't mind. <laughs> But anyway, I don't care. It needs to be said now. If you like Mitch Hedberg, this is the proto yes, Mitch Hedberg. And absolutely. I'm not diminishing Mitch. I'm not saying he ripped him off. There's plenty of one liner gurus around like Jay London and whatnot. Anyway, cuts back to the hotel. They're having their dinner reservations back to the plane, back to the hotel. He leaves to wash his hands. And it's interesting because he, he says, I love you. And she's following him in first person. In first person. It looks pretty cool. I love it. It reminds me of like Friday the 13th. The original it reminds I'm me of uh, Psycho. Well, sleep, it reminds me of sleep waking. What else you got? 
And he's like, it reminds me of Doom with The Rock. And I'm like, murder. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> Always a competition with you. It is. I'm very weird like that, though. But that's why we're the fastest growing amateur horror podcast you've ever fucking heard. <laughs> In this desperately oversaturated market that I had no idea. That's why I'm so competitive now, because I'm like, how many? <laughs> It'll be like, uh, cucks who love horror pod at gmail.com. I'm like, what? There's even one for a sub niche of a subgenre. And then it's like, two cucks. It's all right. Who love I horror. mean, with Chad's superb editing skills, like where he, he can literally make Jake with like a sweet uh, Dragon Ball Z fucking flaming Goku. I hair. want the eyes. I want the Asian <laughs> anime eyes. Bing, bing, I mean, bing, how, bing, bing, how, bing, bing, bing. how could we go wrong? Right? I think that's rad. Get right on, Chad. Yeah, and put it in the audio version too, <laughs> fuck boy. <laughs> Back to the pilot. Back to the hotel. The band announces Charlie and Harriet on their honeymoon. He gets a call from Tony and he's like, she's a killer. <laughs> and he's like, what? And then it cuts the phone line and then the band starts playing. Holy you. I didn't sing as well that time. The airport. This is your, this is your moment. This is the Beethoven scene. Get to it. <laughs> I haven't cued you up because I've just tried to get through the movie. No, it's bad. cool, man. It, it, super simple part of the film. Uh, it shows him, him being the cop, the pimp, whatever the fuck we called him. Uh, he needs to commandeer a vehicle. He sees Uncle Martin and he's like, oh, excuse me, sir. I'm a police officer and I need to commandeer your vehicle. He's like, no. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> There's like no acting in it whatsoever. Actually, you know, I take it back. There's a lot of acting involved in it. It's probably more on one so, side, yeah. Probably more so than the rest of the movie. I could say so. <laughs> and he has one line. No. <laughs> and then it cuts back to the hotel. There's a blackout. There's some weird close-ups. There's a honeymoon chair where they put the couple and they take them yeah, up and to they, the room. They have like crazy zooms of their face. Um, and it's really kind of awful. Yeah. Um he tries to bring the bus boy in because he's like, no, you don't want to leave. You want to stay here. Have a nightcap. And the guy's like, no, you want to like fuck two, your wife. Two or three times, right? Yeah. He's like, have a nightcap. And the guy's like, I'm not into polyamory, sir. Thank you. I respect your life choices, but I'm going to go back to my job. I learned a word today. Polyamory. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like a hippie girl's name? Yeah. Hi, my name's polyamory. <laughs> That's what oh, you name boy. a kid. Who oh, was boy. conceived in a gangbang and you don't know who her dad is. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Comedy gold. Chad, will you write that down for my stand-up special that's coming out? 2029 is going to be a great year for Jake. <laughs> then it cuts back to the car and the pimp is riding shotgun because he's hitching a ride with the guy who he tried to commandeer the car from. Classic. Yep, absolutely. It's a great bit. That's an SNL bit. You could have a whole <laughs> scene about that, but they don't do it. Then shall I keep going? Yeah, do it. He just, locks her in the closet. She tries to use the phone. With. He finds a suicide note from himself that's been forged. He realizes that it's Rose, and Rose tries to kill him, and she admits well, that she I think wrote he the turns note. around, right? He turns around, and all of a sudden he sees Rose, and she's like, you're not supposed to read that, like, for some reason. And he's like, yeah, I get it, because I didn't fucking write it. Yeah. Like, this is a bit redundant. Uh, so she... You took you, her away from me, Charlie, like all the rest. Right. So then she grabs the hatchet. She's fucking chasing after him all over the hotel. Like Lizzie Borden. Lizzie You'll Borden remember a few weeks ago, I didn't know who it was with the hatchet. hatchet. I remembered, and it's haunted me since. So here you go. <laughs> so he uh, 
runs outside onto the balcony, right? And she chases after him, and that's how they get end up getting on the roof. I don't know. If it's a balcony. I think it's just like the ledge of the window. Oh, okay. yeah. But you, exactly, he gets right. up there, and so then his friend comes, and it's like a kind con- kind of a combination where it's a cutscene between the cop going upstairs and seeing Harriet, who is locked in the closet, and then- like R. Kelly. <laughs> also, you're missing a good bit where he's asks the guy who he commandeered the ride from to be like, "Hey, can you wait right here in case I have to arrest somebody?" And the guy just drives off. <laughs> So, so the cop goes up, sees Harriet in the closet, like R. Kelly. She Piss did not everywhere. Pee. She did not pee on anybody, though. As far or she as she peed I'm, on by anybody, as far as I'm aware, right? Because R. Kelly, he's he's like a known pee peeer, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so, uh, you know, he gets her out of the closet. Like, what the fuck are you in the closet for? Also, out here. and proud. Wait, sorry. <laughs> It's the 21st century. You can be who you are. Slams her around, throws some handcuffs on, and is like, all right, tell me the fucking story. What's going on? Are you the killer or not? Meanwhile, goes to uh, Wayne getting chased around by fucking um, Ro- Honey Boo Boo. Honey Bear. Her name? <laughs> honey Baby? Honey Booby. Honey Bear. <laughs> honey Bear? Is that what it is? Honey Bear? Honey... Sucking- honey Bunny. Honey Bunny. Honey Bunny. I was gonna say Honey Suckle Butt Fucker. Right, right, right. So he uh, Wayne's getting chased by Honey Bunny. Swing up on uh, the roof. Um, they're kind of fighting back and forth. Um, he nuts himself on something. I don't know what it is. No, and she. So she grabs him by the nuts, and then he grabs her by I mean, the vagina. It's a kick to the nuts. And oh. it's a kick to the vagina. Oh, okay. And she just looks at him like, I lack the testicular <laughs> fortitude. <laughs> So he somehow he ends up slipping and falling and hanging. No, he's hiding from her and he's hanging from the side of the roof. Yeah, and then a, yeah. she starts hacking away at his fingers because she steps on his fingers. Right. She's walking by. She steps on his fingers. She hears the crunch. And then she's like, oh, fuck. That's not just like the ledge of the roof. That's somebody's fingers that I clearly wouldn't understand or I couldn't figure out without. I don't know. It was weird. So she's hacking at his fucking hands. You know, he's pulling the whole like, okay, well, I'm going to lift one hand up, then I'm going to lift the other up. It's very cliche. I like always the think, hokey pokey kind I of. Always, I always feel to myself like, not saying I would kill somebody, but if somebody were hanging from the fucking roof and they were pulling like, okay, well, I'm going to lift this one up. I'm going to step on one hand and then I'm going to cut your fucking hand off. Right? I'm just going to chop him in the head. You're not defending your head if you're holding both hands to defend you. I mean, you can't do it. So I just take one hit to your head, the concussive trauma. Wow, either straight you dr- to the point, Jake, right here. Man. I mean, killing people is kind of obvious. I feel like <laughs> if you've watched as much forensic files and horror films as I have, it's like, doi. No offense. I'm not saying that it was no, obvious. No, yeah, yeah. Because you're a nicer person than I am. I think that you like more gore than I do, but I am the guy who's like straight ruminating to the point. on it. I'm like, I think we can make we can work with it. <laughs> I I think I more or less would be interested in crunching their fingers on the left hand and then on the right hand that they're holding uh on the side of the roof if I cut their fingers off like I would see like the remnants of their finger on the roof as they're falling. Well that'd be cute. I right? like that scene. So like you just see like four four fingers just like chilling there. Unless it's the faculty and then they crawl away. Oh. And you're like god damn it. I like okay. when she takes the hatchet and she hits uh, and it in goes between right be- in between his fingers. This is the thing. If he was a Star Wars fan like some assholes uh. out there, he would have gotten <laughs> chopped. But because he was doing the Vulcan salute, didn't get chopped. That's a reach. How about you give me something here? <laughs> we just come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
So he, you know, he gets gets away from her. He's running across the roof. She gets her axe back. She's like, hey, Charlie, motherfucker. She throws her axe at the classic, like, slow-mo spin. It hits right next to his head. He's like, it's a cool effect. But then he slides down the roof and nuts himself on something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he slides down the roof, nuts himself. She's chasing after him. All the meanwhile, it cuts back to the cop interviewing Serbico interviewing fucking not Helen Hunt. And uh, (laughs) nice. Basically, she's like, dude, you can hear Charlie getting chased by Rose right now. He's like, all right, I'm not buying any of this. That's the thing. He's like clearly uh, desensitized from like tuning out police brutality. He's like, what do you mean? I don't hear nothing because he's over on the next cell over. It's like, yeah, take it. You fuck admit (laughs) to it. I'm going to throw the phone book at you. That's the the way cops do things, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I I found it is kind of like a fun thing where it's like I'm this like fucking detective who's supposed to know everything. But clearly here's somebody that's up on the roof getting chased and potentially hacked to pieces. But I'm too fucking stupid to realize blissfully unawares. Yeah. So she tries to get him. He acts like judo throws her kind of off the roof. She's hanging on. He's like, ah, she falls. But then the brother catches her. I really thought the brother was going to catch her. And somehow they were going to the cops, the pimp. Sorry, you're entirely right. (laughs) I don't care anymore. But it's weird because the they're undercover so inv- brother. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I thought that for sure they were gonna strike up a relationship, like from like yeah. Conjugal well, it was weird Britain. because like he caught her, and then she's clearly the killer. But he's like, "It's okay, it's alright. I got you." Yeah, and you're like, "Uh, you're consoling this fucking psychopath." So that's weird. So the next is her getting put in the car, and then there's a voiceover of Rose the Jailbird, and then he finishes the poem. He goes off stage to Harriet, uh, and then it's. There she goes again, 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 again. again. Finally, Brian, what happens? The end. Credits roll. <laughs> did did I guess right? The end. I you didn't make it, it that far. I don't know. <laughs> this is definitely one I really regret not watching in one point two eight speed. But whatever. God, every week I forget to do that, motherfucker. One of these days. So we have to go into we the sleigh of the game is obviously machine gun kelly which makes no sense yeah even nothing. though the guy doesn't what well, doesn't necessarily die but he might the guy who with the eyes filled with piss might have died of old age 30 years after i was gonna say know. maybe potentially all of the meat that they fucked around with in the uh in the deli gave someone dysentery yeah either that or just the poor animals that sacrificed their life for this fucking awful film are you mocking my veganism or are no, you being i legitimate? feel like you're somewhat rubbing off on me Yes. Soon enough. <laughs> Chad talked to me about veganism and he was like, fuck that. See what you, you got coming, Chad? Anyway, Brian, we have to put this in the pantheon of slashers, I guess. Do we? Classic, tragic, tragic. tragic. I think, yeah, tragic hard. Tragic all the way. Is it a tragic champion above Ice Cream Man? Nope. Really? Not even close. I think it's worse than Ice Cream Man. Uh, well, like, so this is, what's, this is what's weird when it comes to the way we rank these things like with tragic i think if it's like it's so bad that it's good oh no 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 that's what tragic is that's what it means by good bad true whereas tragic is just there's nothing good about it yeah it's bad bad <sighs> and the, one of the reasons that i think this because we've talked about this quite a bit i look at horror movies largely as a merit uh, badge system where it's like i'm glad i have this no part of me is glad that i watched this movie and we dedicated a whole episode to it in fact I'll admit an hour and 37 minutes into it. I'm sorry that we're doing this. I'm sorry you had to either you watch it or watch this. Okay. It's the way it goes. I, I, I feel like I can agree with you where I 
I think it could eek and take Ice Cream Man out of, uh, I guess, the front runner because looking into the the backstory of this film just makes me hate it that much more. Yeah. Right? And that in itself would knock off Ice Cream Man because for the most part, from, from what I can uh, recollect, I feel like Ron Howard was like Clint. fully on board with like, or is it not Ron Howard? It's uh, his brother. Fuck. Sorry. Uh, what's his name? Clint. Clint Howard. There you go. Um, yeah, he was fully on board with like everything, yeah. right? He was DTF down to film anything, anything. Absolutely. Whereas with this, Mike Myers essentially just took his ego and just fucking ran with it and essentially became the producer, the director and, uh, started in the film. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I'm glad that we have agreed. We are now dethroning the ice cream. Man. So for those of you keeping track at home for our classic champion, it's still Lost Boys, yep. right? It was a good, good movie. Then we have our Trashic, which is a good, bad movie, which is Blood Diner. Good luck topping mm, it. And it's now fucking raining. Tragic, yeah. bad, bad. So yeah. there we go. Ryan, do you have any notes before I start to spiel about the quest to 100 and all of our plugs? Mm, I don't think so. Do we have any uh, fan questions on this? Or No, I haven't really delved too far into fan questions because... There aren't enough of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just coordinating based on themes and times and everything. I, yeah. I feel like yeah, yeah, there yeah, have yeah. been times where we've done every single one that's gone a little long. We will always take your fan questions and submissions in advance. So just let us know. We have the Gmail, which is slasherspot at Gmail, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube. There's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us and comment and let us know what you'd like to, us to say, not say. I did a, an informal survey asking people questions as far as, do you like the format? Do you like the fact that we go through the entire movie chronologically? Do you like the banter? Very positive receptions. If you have any critical receptions, be gentle but firm. That's what I say to my proctologist all the time. <laughs> Ayo. Zinger. On the topic of YouTube, we are on the quest for 100, which means that we are trying to get 100 subscribers. That way we can get a custom URL. Just do us a solid. If yeah, you can, if you're watching this, you're probably already a subscriber. Thank you very much. I appreciate you as a human being. Uh, if you're listening, just you can just log into YouTube for five seconds, then subscribe, then go back just the audio only. Nobody ever has to know that you did it. Yeah, yeah. We're the little guys in a big pond. Yep. And also liking, subscribing, rating, those things help a lot. Even if it's on a, a like more obscure platform like Podbean or Podcast Go, if you could do that, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, if, if you send it to us, that you did it like with a screen cap, I'll post it on our page and I'll be like, this person's fucking dope. Yeah, we'll, blast the, f- wins we'll blast the fuck out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Creamy blast on your Goodness. chest. Ryan, is it that time? I think it's time. So guys, you ain't watching them dying. You ain't really trying. For Brian, for producer Chad in the back, for myself, Jake, ruggedly handsome Jake, at hmm. Gacy Jones on Instagram. That's a, a stretch. I would like to remind you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play no, makes... No, 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 You have to do it like Mike Myers. All oh. work, no power play. All work, <laughs> no power play. You got to do, do the, uh, the bass drum. Be like, ba-dum, boom, boom, boom. Ba-dum, 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 all power, ba-dum, ba-dum, no play. Ba-dum, Thanks, ba-dum, Jack. Ba-dum, the boy ba-dum, who ba-dum, is dull. Boom, boom, boom. Bongo. <laughs>
All right, you goons, it's time again for the hidden track. Yeah, I don't have the energy to do the full Mike Myers beatnik poetry thing again, but, you know, give me partial credit. I am currently alone. I do the recordings for this Slasher's Hidden Track right before I finish it, so it's usually about a week later. So I am a week removed from that cosmic energy, and I'm alone in the studio. So uh, kind of a weird time to be sitting there trying to pander. Ba-ba-da-da-da. Anyway, this week's track is Lady Death by our friends over at OC45. OC45? I'm not exactly sure. I have said OC45 in my head, but I'm realizing it might be the other. Any which way. They're probably the best URL that I'm dealing with with the band so far. OC45sucks.com. Why are they not playing any shows? Oh, it's because they're recording and demoing their second full-length album, which I am very excited about, and I hope that they let us know so we can try and peddle their wares on this show once again. So here they are with Lady Death. She's a great 